If you have a Bible, we'd like you to uh, open it up. That would help for you to follow the next 40 or so minutes of this meeting. 40 or thereabouts, I said. you might like to turn to Mark, the Gospel of Mark, and chapter 2. We should never ever get used to people saying their testimony. We may have heard, uh, well I've certainly heard Nolene's testimony quite a number of times, but uh, I always remind myself to be excited by what God's done in her life as any other testimony, of course, we repeat ourselves. We, we, we say how we received the Holy Spirit, how we spoke in tongues, how the Lord came into our life and suddenly we knew the Lord, we had a hope, we, we were healed, we were set free from uh, various sicknesses and ailments and uh, depressions and uh, difficulties and stresses and so on. And uh, it's all about the power of God and therefore we should always be excited about it. Um, I heard uh, just during this week... Uh, Someone made a comment to me about revival meetings being uh, uh, sort of a bit predictable and uh, a bit boring and so on. Well, I don't know how you can get bored. 24 years and I've been excited every meeting, every testimony, every talk. It's just, uh, I mean, this is not, uh, we're talking about things which are eternal. We're talking things about the joy of the Lord. We're talking about a power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. We're talking about remarkable events the miracle power of God working in people's everyday lives. Now that's something to get excited about. You know, it's more exciting than even calling winning. Nick tells me he's got the vibes for tomorrow, so we'll see what happens. Okay. Anyway, today I want to talk about healing. And uh, I've just titled this talk, Be Healed. And I thought we might start here in Mark chapter 2 with a a great uh, scripture, of course, about... uh, some friends that helped a, a, a man who uh, was unable to help himself really but how they rallied around him because they wanted to see him blessed and they wanted to see him healed and uh, so we'll just pick it up here in uh, uh, verse 1 and again he entered into Capernaum that's uh, Jesus of course after the same days and it was noise that he was in the house and straight away many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them no, not so, so much as about the door, and he preached the word onto them. So uh, there's quite a crowd gathered in this uh, place where Jesus was, and uh, it was hard to uh, get near the Lord. And they came onto him, uh, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when he could not uh, come nigh onto him for the press, uh, lots of uh, journalists around him, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. So you've got to try and picture this in your mind, that uh, Jesus Christ has got a lot of people around him, a lot of people hungering to hear the teachings of the Lord, the word of God. Uh, They were keen to get close. Uh, I mean, he spoke the words of life and truth and righteousness, uh, and uh, he was there to bless and to heal and uh, to tell people the ways of eternal life. And so it was an exciting time. But this uh, sick man, he couldn't help himself and his friends uh, couldn't get him to Jesus. So they ripped the roof 
a part of this place and lowered down the sick of the palsy before Jesus Christ. And it says there in verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, that's an important thing, of course. There's got to be some strong motivation and desire to be in the presence of the Lord, to receive his blessing, to receive uh, the healing uh, that he has promised. Uh, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And this is uh, something I really want to focus on today, is the fact that, uh, and you can go to a number of scriptures on healing uh, right through the Gospels, and quite often Jesus Christ associates uh, the forgiveness of sin with the fact that uh, the person is made whole or he's restored or he's healed from whatever his sickness. Now, his sickness may be physical, as it was in this case, obviously some sort of paralysis, some palsy, uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, Jesus' first words were when he saw the faith, when he saw the desire to be in his presence, when he saw the, the desire for their friend uh, to be healed, to be blessed by the Lord, um, he said... Uh, Son, your sins be forgiven thee. So it's more than just obviously a physical healing. There's a forgiveness of sin here. There's a healing that goes way past the, 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 the outward uh, physical need this man had. This man had more than a need of being healed from the palsy. He had a need to have obviously his sins forgiven. And that's why Jesus uh, said these words. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts... Uh, who does this man, uh, why does, uh, doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Little did they know that this was God's forgiveness of sins. This was the Lamb of God who would be given as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins, for the ultimate healing as it were. Uh, verse 8, and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they uh, so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason you these things in your hearts? Wouldn't you like to have that ability at times, you know, to be able to read the very, uh, well, to discern the very thoughts and the intents that are going on within people? But that is uh, the Word of God, of course. The Bible says that the Word of God is very powerful. It is quick, it is alive, it's a, a very discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart of man. And this is Jesus Christ, the word of God made flesh. And there he is discerning the very thoughts and the intents uh, of these people who are uh, you know, making these judgments of him. Uh, verse 9, Whether it is easy to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, go thy way into thine own house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We've, We have never seen it on this fashion. We've never seen anything as remarkable as this. So... The point we're making here is there was great faith to get this man into the presence of the Lord. The Lord uh, uh, appreciated their act of faith. And, of course, he, his first statement was about the forgiveness of sins, to which uh, some of the self-righteous people present uh, wondered about how he could blaspheme God because only God could forgive sins. And he was able to discern that. And he said, well, I want you to know that healing and the forgiveness of sins is well within my power to do it. And uh, as I said, quite often right through the Gospels, this association between the healing of the soul, the healing of uh, the innermost being, as it were, the healing 
from our sinful ways and we're going to see a bit about the sort of healing that we really needed and desperately needed from the Lord uh, how that is associated with the manifestation of uh, physical healing and the Lord is wanting to really declare look I'm the one that can make you every whit whole I'm the one that can heal you and set you free from everything not just your physical need but your innermost need from your broken heart from your uh, from your the, the, the problems of your mind from the sickness of your soul I can heal all of that and so he appreciated their faith and the, their urgency about getting their friend uh, before the Lord and he was able to show He's a wonderful power, the great physician, the, the healer of their soul. And uh, as I said, we could go to many, many uh, scriptures. Of course, uh, this, uh, the, there, is to, there has to be a recognition, as there was here, by some, but not by all. In verse 16 it says, um, When the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eat with the publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, how is it that he eateth and drinketh with uh, publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, uh, They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners unto repentance. So there were some there who didn't think they needed the physician. They didn't think they needed their sins forgiven. They didn't need the restoring power of God. They didn't need Jesus Christ uh, to say to them, well, your faith has made you whole. They were self-righteous. And Jesus said, well, you guys are not recognising your sickness, but the ones that do, the ones that are happy to gather around me, the ones that he was amongst, the, the publicans and the sinners, those who realised they needed a doctor, they needed a saviour. They needed someone to set them free from their sinful ways. They needed someone to change their life. They needed someone to, to uh, change uh, the way of death, as it were. They needed help. They needed a hope. They needed uh, a new way. They needed health brought not just to their physical bodies, but right into their innermost being. They needed to be healed by the power of God. And so there has to be that recognition, recognition that we need to be made whole by the power of God. We need to turn to the Lord. There's nothing, uh, nothing's going to get you anywhere by being self-righteous and wondering about how it all works and making your assessments about the Lord. We need to desperately recognise that only Jesus Christ can heal our soul. And if we're, we're going to go to a, uh, some scriptures here that... Uh, just dealing with the negative side I suppose but perhaps to help us to appreciate just what a, a powerful healing that we needed what an amazing miracle that we needed to come into our life yes it's amazing to be healed of the palsy but it's far more amazing as it were to be healed of the sin in our soul where we really need to be reached where we, need to, where we really need to be set free and uh, if we go to Romans 3 while you're turning there I'm just going to read a little something here from a song. It's been sung a couple of times. Uh, Barbara sung it uh, once or twice, I think. But uh, the song is about healing. And uh, I'm not going to try and sing it to you. Actually, it was great during the chorus session when you got that really super fast one going. There was smoke coming off for Nathan. Even Nathan's fingers were smoking, smoking fingers. Those on the guitar there and, and Hiram, eh? the, the keyboard was on fire. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, so anyway, here's this, um, the words of this song. I just uh, picked some, uh, just the last uh, few words of um, this song about healing. Um, and it talks about the people and uh, their despair and their emptiness uh, 
and the loneliness that are there and they, they fill up the doctor's lines uh, but there's no real remedy for their, their stress and their anxiety and uh, uh, the things that really are the issues of life. Yes, we can get uh, healed from a, uh, a broken foot or something but we need a far greater healing than all of that. And uh, the words are, well, in the first verse it says, they listen to psychology, they look for peace, but do not see the simple truth that frees us from our pain. And the self-righteous people couldn't see the simple truth that the great physician, the forgiver of sins, was in their midst and only he could heal them from their pain, from their pride. And so, uh, uh, in fact, the, um, I'll just read a couple of other bits here. It says, uh, there's a hurt that the x-rays don't show. There's a cure that doctors don't know. There's a God who loves you and me. And that's ultimately what it's about. The love of God has got to reach our soul. And we've got to be restored. We've got to be, we've got to be made healed. Uh, we've got to be healed. We've got to be made whole in our innermost being. And the x-rays won't show that. But uh, God knows what we need. God knows where we need to be healed. God knows where we need to be really restored in our soul. Uh, the last verse says I know there's a hope for the sick and the lame I've seen them heal at the mention of his name I've seen the power of his blood for you and me and that's the crux it's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ which heals from sin and, verse, and the, the chorus says healing is faith as we saw in this uh, story we just read it's about faith in the Lord's power and ability to set you free to heal you, to say, your sins be forgiven, to be able to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, be made whole, physically, mentally, spiritually, let me be your great physician. Healing is faith and it's prayer. Of course, we need to come to the Lord in prayer. It's knowing that he's always there, knowing that the Lord sticks closer than a brother and faithful are those wounds, aren't they? The wounds that Jesus Christ took on, the beha on your behalf for your sin and uh, they are faithful wounds they're always there to heal you and to restore you to know that he understands what you're going through that he knows the answer to your difficulty and predicament healing is light in the dark it's knowing his forgiveness in your heart that's important to know that you've been forgiven healing is hope and it's dreams imagine this life without a hope for uh, for your salvation for where your soul is going to go. Your soul is the most important thing. What if you gain the whole world, Jesus said? You lose your own soul. I was able to actually lean over the fence to my next door neighbour who's building this magnificent house next door. It's just going up like a skyscraper there and, uh, you know, blocking out all our views of any trees and so on. Never mind. You know, the, our house has probably gone down the gurgler in, in value or something or other. Who cares? But uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, he, this man's got leukaemia. And I've told him about the healing power of God. And I've given him a video. I said, watch this video. It's about the healing power in a woman's life who had leukaemia. He hasn't watched it yet. He's had it for over six months. And I said, mate, you're so busy building this mansion here. If you're not careful, you're going to cark it before you get in it. That's all right, I said. That's okay. I'll move in for you. No problem, you know. But, and I told him that. I said, you know, you've got to get the priorities right. You've got to save your soul first. No good having the mansion, you know. 
you've got to see that if you can gain the whole world, I actually quoted that to him. What, what, what does it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul if you're not right with the Lord? And so, uh, you know, you've got, to, uh, you've got to see that you've got to have a hope. You've got to have a salvation. And then the, the last uh, word, uh, the last line of this uh, chorus is, uh, with Jesus you can see that healing is just another word for love. And that's really where I want to go with this talk, is that the healing of your soul by God's love, by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the sacrifice he made on behalf of your sin. And we need to appreciate that. As we heard last week by Pastor Darrell, a man who was spirit-filled, uh, the accident in the truck left him paralysed from the neck down. And when Pastor Darrell went around to uplift him and his wife, um, he was impressed at the joy of the Lord that was there, of the great hope that this man had. He still, as far as I know, still has this paralysis. But he knows within himself, in his heart, in his mind, in his innermost being, yes, physically, he looks a, a mess. But within him, he knows that the love of God has set him free of his sin. And that's, uh, that's important. And if you, you can appreciate that, you'll rejoice in the Lord no matter what. And if we read these verses, we've got to be able to see just what the Lord healed us from so that we may appreciate the Lord, that we may understand the extent of God's love. Uh, down in... Oh, I've lost my talk. Excuse me. I'm getting excited. Uh, verse 10. So we need to have a uh, recognise our desperate need for the soul for our soul to be healed not like the scribes and the Pharisees um, verse 10 we'll read, we'll start there as it is written there is none righteous no not one there is none that understands there is none that seeks after God they are all together out of the way they are together uh, become unprofitable there is none that doeth good no not one now in a way this is describing uh, backslidden Israel this is the nation that had a relationship with, with the Lord and uh, they backslid. They didn't seek the Lord any longer. Uh, but also it's representative of everybody because the whole uh, chapter talks about Jew and Gentile, about circumcised and uncircumcised. So it's really representative of our state also. You know, uh, as, so this nation who backslid who forsook their Lord and then uh, let's have a look at some of the amazing sickness that was upon them uh, verse 13 their throat is an open sepulchre with their tongues they have deceit uh, the poison of asps is under their lips so these are people who, uh, who no longer know their Lord and the sort of stuff that's coming out of their mouth uh, and the deceit and the lie that they live and how unrighteous it all is, and none seeks after righteousness. And it was our state also, before we received the Holy Spirit, we were like this. We may not have seen it in this light. We might have thought we were pretty good. But God says, this is what I want you to understand. This is why I had to sacrifice my son, so that you could be uh, set free from this sort of sickness. Verse 14, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Imagine that. Imagine and uh, I heard our sister Nancy, who's here again uh, today, she said in her testimony last week, uh, in fact, I think that's what inspired this little talk here today, that she was, she got bitter, bitter, aggro, you know, 
that's, a, that's pretty, pretty sick when you get bitter and twisted, when you get aggro. There's no sweetness in your soul. You know, that's a, but she sought the Lord because she knew it had to go. It had to be healed. And uh, it takes enormous power to do that. No doctor, no natural doctor can possibly cure that. It needs the great physician. It needs the blood of Jesus Christ. It needs the word of God. It needs the power of the Holy Ghost to change bitterness to sweetness in your soul. And, uh, and so it takes enormous power. There's a sister here who uh, quite often gives her testimony. Uh, she's at convention now, our sister Julie Hoskins, and she says uh, about how she hated this person. It was her stepmother. She absolutely hated her for, uh, well, what she'd done. When she received the Holy Spirit, she says in her testimony, I was healed of hatred, and I knew that I would never hate again. How's that for love? How's that for transformation? How's that for healing power? All right? What doctor can do that but the doctor of your soul, the great physician Jesus Christ, of course, the power of his spirit can do that. And so uh, this is the state we're in and this is why we needed the power of God to heal our innermost being. Um, it says there in verse um, 15, their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. The way of peace they have not known. Trouble within, of course. There is no fear of God before their eyes. No respect or appreciation that the Lord um, hung on a cross for us. Now now we know that things... Uh, uh, sorry. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world, that includes us, may be found guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law... There shall be no flesh justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. We'll read on a little further. Uh, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So it's a, in other words, the law, the Old Testament law and the prophets. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the grace of God that would come for our salvation. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Hello? Okay. We're going up, Scotty. All right. Um, <laughs> so the whole law, the whole thrust of the Old Testament, thou shall not do this, thou shall not do that, thou shall not do this, you shall do this, you shall do that. And all, not just the commandment, but the 600 plus laws and statutes and directions that came with it all, was all to highlight we needed a physician. We needed Jesus Christ. We needed the grace of God. It was all to highlight that we were dead in sin, that we needed to go to Jesus Christ in faith and hear him say, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Now take up your bed and walk be made whole be healed not just of your palsy but of everything that is sick within you right so uh, there's some amazing words here there's talks here about uh, words like deceit a lie 
If you don't know the truth of God's word, you're living a lie. Don't kid yourself. Today you've got an opportunity, as uh, Michael said, to bury this old way of life in the waters of baptism. As our sister said, it's fantastic to know the old Nolene is gone. The one that was living a lie is gone. And, uh, you know, you've got to do that. You've got to bury your old way of life in the waters of baptism. You've got to receive the spirit of truth, the word of God. You've got to receive Jesus Christ, the one that can make you whole. You've got to speak in tongues. God will do that for you. You speak in tongues as the Spirit comes into your, your body, as uh, you become the temple of the Holy Ghost, as the Spirit of God heals your spirit, your soul, and you need healing. You need to be healed because you're living a lie, because uh, there's bitterness and there's cursings and there's strife and there's poison and there's destruction of life and, and uh, you know, uh, shedding blood and uh, destruction and, the, and misery and no fear of God. Now, we need healing of all of that, and all the people said. We need to be set free from that. That is what the Old Testament law highlighted. That's how sick we were. And there's a lot of passages we could go to about uh, how sick our soul was and how God saw it and how his compassion was moved. In fact, I'll read to you about the heart of man. Just uh, bear with me. Uh, in, uh, in uh, Jeremiah uh, chapter 17 verse 9 says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it that's how God sees it the heart of man desperately wicked we need a new heart we need to be healed we need to receive the spirit of God there's no, no question about it we need Jesus Christ's life within us in fact the Amplified says the heart is deceitful above all things and exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely morally sick. Who can know it? Who can perceive and understand it? Who can be uh, acquainted with his own heart and mind? And that's it, isn't it? You've got to be healed in your heart and in your mind. You've got to be healed within. And if it's desperately wicked, if it's no good... God's got to do an amazing, powerful job to give you a new heart, a new mind, and that's exactly what the Spirit does. The Spirit comes in, and we receive the Spirit of power and of soundness and of love and, and restoring our mind. You know, not the Spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of soundness of mind. How fantastic is that? What an amazing healing that is. Let's go to Isaiah 53 just for a moment. Surely the Lord has done it. Surely the Lord is the physician. Surely he has healed us. Surely that's the only way you can have your soul healed. That's the only way you can have your mind made every whit whole. It's the only way you can have your heart restored. In verse, uh, verse 3, I know this is a pretty basic scriptures I'm using today, but verse 3, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. You're rejected. You're brokenhearted. You're hurting. You don't feel well. You've been hard done by. No one loves you, understands you, cares for you. You've been rejected. You can't make the cricket team. Sorry, Sean. Well, take it to the Lord. He understands all of it. And all the people said, he knows what you're going through. He knows what it's like to be rejected and to be despised. He knows what it's like to be in the pits of sorrow. He knows what it's like to be separated 
from his heavenly father right that's he knows what it's like he he understands he's one that sticks closer than a brother he's a, an amazing physician he's an amazing healer he can get right into that thing that you can't even put into words you know you're out of sorts you know you're hurting you know you're not well but you can't quite describe it. you can come into the prayer line and you can try and tell it to me and I don't fully appreciate or understand it but he can surely he knows what it's like to bear sorrow and grief and to have a rejection surely in verse 4 he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted why so we could be healed verse 5 but he was wounded for our transgression he was bruised for our iniquity the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed and all the people said with his stripes we are healed when you take the cup and the bread you make sure these verses really echo in your innermost being that you make sure you realize the price that was paid you may realize just how sick we were and how much God loved us to give his only begotten son for us that's got to bring excitement surely that's got to bring joy you know yes we come here and we have uh, Pastor Darrell was saying yes by the way he sends his hello he rang me up yesterday He's, uh, it's raining over in Perth we're having fantastic weather over here <laughs> um, but you know people uh, were just giving little tips and things how we can make our, our, our revival meetings exciting exciting chorus session and lively testimonies and all that and yeah of course but it's not that we have to somehow fabricate lively choruses and, and powerful testimonies to inject some sort of life into, into the revival meeting no the joy of the Lord wells up from your innermost being. It's a river of living water that wells up within you and verse forth. So of course, when we come together, there is joy in the Lord. Of course, because we understand what we're about to do to remember this one who has healed our soul, this one who has borne all our griefs, all our sin, all our sorrow, all our afflictions, all our rejections, and has got right into our innermost being and said, I've made you whole. You know, surely that's why we rejoice in the Lord. Surely we don't have to fabricate joyous chorus sessions. We come here to sing our praises. Is he worthy of our praises? All the people said. Does he live in the praises of his people? Of course. Are they heartfelt praise? Are they rejoicing praise? Of course it is. How else can you thank such a friend? How else can you thank this doctor? who's done it all by the grace of God. Titus chapter 3. We've seen how sick we are. We've seen the price that was paid. Healing is another word for love. And Titus 3, of course, we've talked a bit about the spirit and the power of it. These few verses uh, sum it up very well. It's interesting Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit in that way he said you know he was in John 7 he said if you're thirsty you know if you realize you're empty if you realize you need the waters of life he said you call on to me and out of your innermost being that's what he was saying out of your belly will flow rivers of living water that's where you need to be healed that's where you need to be touched that's where I've got to get to your soul your innermost being 
your belly and from there will flow rivers of living water. You'll be healed every whit, completely whole, restored, set free, all of those things. So Jesus highlighted the fact that the Spirit had to be, it wasn't some sort of superficial thing that we sort of got a, a little bit of an inkling. No, it had to be an innermost thing that got right into your innermost being and whirled up from there because you understood the sacrifice. You understood about the love of God and healing is another word for love. You know, um, uh, Titus 3 verse 3, it says here, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice. How would you like to live in malice? Boy, does that need healing. You can't put a band-aid on malice. You can only put the power of the Holy Ghost on it. That's the only way it can be healed. And envy, try healing that by going to a doctor. Hateful and hating one another. A little summary of Romans 3 all over again. Oh yes, we thought we were pretty good. But the Bible says, that's the state we were in. And verse 4, but after that the kindness and love of God our Saviour uh, Savior towards man appeared. The kindness and the love of God. I'm going to heal you now by my kindness, by my love. Verse 5, and not by works of righteousness which we have done. Remember the self-righteous ones? They didn't even think they needed to be healed. Right? So it's not of any of your own works that you have done, but it's you turning to the Lord, realising you need to be healed. That's what Jesus said. He said you need to realise you're sick, you need to realise you need the physician. But according to his mercy, it says there halfway through verse 5, he has saved us by the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. How are we restored? How are we made every whit whole? By the washing of regeneration. The word of God will regenerate you. It will heal you. It's the only power known that uh, actually gets better and more powerful and stronger and regenerated with the using of it. Everything else we use gets weaker, uh, gets, uh, well, declines in power, uh, it fades away, it deteriorates with the using. Every natural thing, your body, just look at it. The more you use it, the more it wears out, the more it declines, the weaker it gets. But the spirit has the opposite effect. It regenerates. The more you use it, the more it uh, washes and regenerates and brings forth new life and strengthens and heals and sets free. No wonder we need to be spirit-filled and walk in the spirit and use the power of the Holy Ghost within us. Um, all right, we'll just go over to Luke 10. Luke chapter 10, please. Now, it always amazed me how God chose to pick, you know, speaking in tongues. I mean, we can take many angles on it, but Jesus actually hit it on the head. He said, you know, out of your heart proceeds what's in your soul. Out of your innermost being, your heart, he said, comes out of your mouth. So what comes out of your mouth tells me the condition you're in. It tells me what's going on within we're out of the from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and we are defiled we show how uh, we we are sinful by nature because of what comes out of our mouth so he says I'll fix it 
I'll heal your heart. I'll heal the stuff that's going on within you. And you'll be able to speak in a new tongue, a new language. It's going to be uh, so fantastic, it's not going to even go through your natural mind. It's going to bypass all that. And, and that's something that we need to appreciate and understand. The Bible says about we don't even know how we ought to pray, but the Spirit makes intercession on our behalf. The fact that the speaking in tongues, we don't understand it, but we know that in the Spirit we speak mysteries unto God. It's because it's not about natural stuff. It's about spirit. It's about your soul. It's about your innermost being needs to be healed. It needs to be restored. And by faith, we do what the Bible says, and it works. You have a good time of praying in the Spirit and realize how, how good it is, how it brings well-being if you had crazy thoughts, if you had your neck in a knot, if you were bitter and twisted about something, somehow it's gone, it's healed, it's restored, it's fixed up, it's made whole. Every whit whole. Mind, body and soul is what the Lord is on about. So we don't fully appreciate or understand and we're not meant to understand how the Spirit gets in there and works and heals and restores. Because if we could think, think it through we wouldn't be able to heal it the way the Spirit does, of course. So um, in Luke 10, just a couple of thoughts here to uh, wind up. Um, God set it up for ongoing restoration, for ongoing healing, for nurturing your soul, as it were, to make sure that you continue to be healed and blessed and restored and made completely whole. It's ongoing. There's ongoing nurturing that needs to, to be given to your soul. And here's a story, of course, about the man who uh, nobody cared too much about him, but Jesus Christ did. The one that was despised and rejected of men that we read back there in Isaiah, the Samaritan, went to the man and he did some remarkable things and he brought him to a remarkable place. Why? So the man could be healed no one else could heal him and no one else cared about his hurt no one else cared about his sin his disease and how much he was hurting but Jesus Christ cared that he brought him uh, you know on his own beast of burden himself and took him to a place where he, the restoration and the healing power of God could continue uh, down in verse 33 perhaps but a certain Samaritan as he sojourned came where he was where he was was the man that was beaten and left for dead and uh, he'd been robbed and, and so on. He was, uh, he was in no good state at all. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Now that's important. In that verse, we see, start to see the, the amazing formula for the healing power of God. You've got to pour in the oil. It says here he was wounded. He was dying. He was sick. He needed healing. He needed the healing that only Jesus Christ could bring to his soul. And, uh, and it came through pouring in the oil, pouring in the wine, putting him on the beast of burden, of course, to carry his sin, as it were, and bring him to the inn to make sure that he was taken care of, to make sure that the nurturing process of healing him was continued on. Now, we know what this all represents. The oil, of course, represents the balm of your soul, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, 
the restorer. So many wonderful words for the grace of God. The one that knows your infirmity, that knows your sickness, knows where you, where you really need to be restored and made well again. So that's what the oil represents. It's got to be poured in. That's why I love this fellowship so much because I've said it many times and I pray I always do and uh, you make sure that we all always do that from the moment you come into that door you are encouraged to receive the healing power of God the oil, the Holy Ghost and then you're encouraged to continue to allow the, the Spirit to comfort you to restore you, to heal you you've got to pour in the Holy Ghost now I can't speak for anyone else all I know is this is what the Bible says a man needs for his soul to be restored and to be healed. Wine, of course, it's the blood of Jesus. We, 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 we read about it back there in, in Isaiah. His sacrifice. It's about his life being applied to your wounds. About his word being applied to your wounds. Not just, don't go away from this meeting and say, oh, well, that was an okay talk or whatever. Take some words from it. Pray them in. Allow them to reach that part of you that needs to be healed, that attitude that needs to be fixed up, you know, that, that uh, burden or whatever it is that you're really struggling with. Allow the word of God to heal you, not just in this talk, of course, but any time. Meditate on God's word. Let it really sink deep into your soul. And that's what he's saying. There's got to be oil. There's got to be wine. There's got to be the new covenant, the word of God, the blood of Jesus Christ needs to be applied. There needs to be the in. Here you are, brothers and sisters, spirit-filled people. You need to be part of a fellowship. You need to be with like-minded people. You need to be in the church of Jesus Christ. You need to be members one of another. That's all part of being healed. Fellowship, meetings, being involved, being there's an amazing scripture that says being accepted in the beloved now you know you were rejected once no one wanted to know, know you they didn't want to know this bloke they walk around on the other side oh let him die you know and, and suddenly Jesus Christ brings you to a place where you can be restored where you can be nurtured where you can be healed where you can be blessed by the power of God where you can be loved and, uh, and, and you're accepted rejected to accept it in the beloved fellowship of Jesus Christ. Now that's amazing. Now we ought to be impressed by such scriptures. We ought to be moved by such scriptures. We ought to be so um, excited about belonging to the fellowship, belonging to the body of Christ, and seeing it such a special place to be, a place of healing, a place of well-being. Uh, down there, uh, the next verse says, uh, took care of him. Uh, and on the morrow when he departed he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said to him take care of him and whatsoever they spend us more when I come again I will repay thee so yes uh, you know someone's given the responsibility here of the ongoing ministry of my word the ongoing ministry of my grace the ongoing direction that people need for the healing of their soul you know I don't want them to go back where they can be uh, trampled underfoot where they can be hurt where they can uh, you know have those uh, difficult things that they had to contend with before I want them to be restored so yes so we need to pray about this we need to pray for the the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit we need to really see uh, an amazing power of God sweep through our fellowship 
uh, individually and collectively as it heals and it restores. And we ought to get up here and really give testimony about what the Lord's done for you, how he's healed you, mind, body and soul. And of course we need uh, the word of God to really have free course. We really need to be excited by it. We need to apply it. We need, of course, to gather together often. You know, when you read Acts chapter 2, it's mind-boggling stuff. You know, it gives me the impression that they're just hanging out for the next meeting all the, every day. They're just hanging out to hear more of God's word. They're just hanging out to rejoice together, to take the communion, to remember the Lord's sacrifice. So we need to do all this. And down there in verse 37, of course, when you do it... Um, well, let's read verse 37 first. Uh, this whole question came about because the, the bloke asked, who is my neighbour? You know, he said, I've got to love my neighbour as myself. And, he, and then he wanted to justify himself and say, who's my neighbour? And Jesus gave this uh, amazing story here about pouring in the oil and the wine and so on. And uh, in verse 37, he said, uh, he asked the question, well, who did the right thing? You know, out of uh, verse 36, sorry. Which now of these three thinkest thou was the neighbour unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said unto him, uh, that he that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, go and do thou likewise. So so remember the friends who brought Je the, the, the sick of the palsy before Jesus Christ? Well, healing is about restoring. Healing is about gathering in fellowship to make sure that we edify, make sure that we promote God's word make sure that uh, whatever's happened out there is healed in here is restored it's understood it's appreciated it's prayed for it, we have faith and confidence of bringing each other before the Lord and practice makes perfect you know we're talking here about being made every whit whole about being complete Jesus used those words be complete be whole even as your heavenly father is perfect so practice Practice the love of God. Practice edifying. Practice restoring others. Practice preaching the gospel. Practice witnessing. Practice telling other people about the healing power of God. As the friends brought that man before Jesus, let us be friends to one another and to those out there. They are dead in their socks. Their soul needs saving. Let's practice bringing the gospel to them. Let's care for them. Let's pray about it. Let's love them with the love of the Lord. All of those things. Because as you do it onto them, as you do it onto the people in here, you know who you're doing it to? Yourself. As you help to restore others, you're restoring your own soul. Because that's exactly what this passage is all about. Who's my neighbour? Love your neighbour as yourself. Love that one alongside and you're loving yourself. As you help to restore them, you're healing yourself as well. 1 Corinthians 13, we'll finish over here, I promise. Just a couple of words. You can't go past this uh, script. Everybody, everybody's looking for answers to the real answers about what, what's it all about? How, how, how can I receive peace in my life? How can I receive some hope in my life? Everybody's asking the question about their innermost being, their innermost fears. What, why live to die? All of those questions. Ultimately, that's what people need to hear. They need to know that Jesus Christ can pour in the oil and the wine and bring them to the inn and restore their soul and live forever. That's what people need. That's what people in the church need. The people out there have got to be invited to, to be brought into to that message.
1 Corinthians 13, just a couple of uh, scriptures on love. As we said, healing is another word for love. Verse 4. Love or charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemly. Seeks not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinks no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Verse 7. Bears all things and believes all things. Hopes all things endures all things there's about 25 talks in just those few verses but we're talking about the love of God being able to restore ongoing restoration in the church in the fellowship being able to preach the gospel that will bring people to their salvation that will heal their soul you know um, and we've got to practice this we've got to practice these things if we were envious well we're not anymore if we were puffed up in our self-righteousness and pride, well, we're not anymore. It's all about practising the love of God. It's about reading these verses and making them real in your own, own life. You know, the power to forgive is an amazing thing. Now, I've just uh, uh, got a few little thoughts here from the Amplified. It says, the love of God is not conceited, it's not arrogant, it's not inflated with pride, it's not rude, it's do it does not insist in its own rights its own ways, its own self, it's not self-seeking, um, it's not touchy, it's not resentful, it's, it takes no account of evil done to it. Now you think about that. There's a lot of crook things done in this world. There are a lot of hurt people around in this world. But the love of God, the Holy Spirit that we talked about, the oil and the wine, does take no account for the evil done to it. That means it's able to forgive. It's able to release that thing. And that, that, that's an amazing thing because the evil that is done to you can hurt you. But if you're able to forgive it by the power of God, you'll be healed and you'll be restored. And as you do these things to others, then you're doing them to yourself, of course. Uh, it says uh, it takes no account for the evil done to it. It pays no attention to any suffered wrong. And I guess we could all suffer many wrongs. Many people could do all sorts of things that you are not happy about to you. Well, the love of God takes no account of those things. You've been healed. Right? We've got to bring this healing, this salvation, this message of reconciliation to others. Love is the power of God that heals your soul. Practice it. As you practice it on others, you do it to yourself. Amen.